Pastor Rob here from City East Church and MTL Ministries. What you hold is true. Is it really truth? Will what you believe get you through on Judgment Day? Are you keeping to the pattern of sound teaching held out in Scripture? In this series, Truth, Judgment and Eternity, I intend to deliver messages that check the solidness of our Christian foundation so as to guard the good deposit that was entrusted to us as Christ's ambassadors on this earth. Romans 8 verses 1 to 14. And it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Notice probably everyone's version here will have a little A there. Mm-hmm. Who, and it should say, Who do not live according to the f- flesh, but according to the Spirit. So I'll read that again. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not live according to the sinful nature or according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemns sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Because the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature and to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. And that's where we're going to finish, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now, let's just pray quickly. Lord, I just lift this sermon up to you, and I ask you that you will just give me the wisdom now uh, and the anointing by the Spirit of God to, to speak this sermon in a way that is going to reach all our hearts and reach many hearts of those listening via podcast or through YouTube. And I pray that this word will be a word in due season that will have a deep effect on every single one of us, Lord. So I depend entirely upon your spirit for the words, and I thank you for the words that you gave me in preparation for this sermon, and I pray that uh, they do reach us as, as those, these words have already reached me. And I pray this in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Okay, there is a move of deception sweeping through mainstream churches. A move of deception sweeping through mainstream churches all over the world. And this move is so powerful in its influence that it has single-handedly decommissioned much of the Western church from effectiveness. It's decommissioned the church. It's stunted the church. If anything, it's nearly caused the church to stop in its tracks. And many churches are turning around and retreating and going in the other direction. 
as a result. And because of this move, we've seen churches like the Emergent Church come up with, this, with its totally altered gospel. The message of the gospel has been completely changed through the Emergent Church. If you're in an Emergent Church, get out of the Emergent Church. It's Satan's church. Uh, there's been the seeker-sensitive movements and, and um, you know, the prosperity gospel movements. You know, all of this stuff has come out as a result of this sweeping deception that's going through the church. And it's in relation to sin, repentance and holiness. And that's what I want to talk about today. This move's been watering down the gospel message to the Crowleyan philosophy of do what thou wilt. And they say, do what you want, but you really can't lose your salvation if you believe in Jesus Christ. Do what you want, but you can't lose your salvation. In essence, they won't use those exact terms, but you know, in many cases they probably can. They might use those exact terms. But it's a Crowleyan philosophy that's been brought into the church and accepted into the church that you can't lose your salvation once you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. And it's a major deception. And I've already done a sermon called Once Saved, Always Saved with a big question mark. But um, this is going a little bit deeper into this. So in essence, what they teach is that holiness is no longer an absolute necessity for the average Christian. Holiness is not, you know, something that you have to be that concerned about. You know, try to be a little bit better in your life, try to do good things, but really you're not going to get saved because of that, so don't you know, let it bother you too much. You know, if you keep sinning, you're still going to get saved because Jesus died to save us from our sins. And so there's this whole move and, and like they've got all their theology down and they, they preach it, they preach it very effectively because masses of people believe it and live by it. And uh, therefore the, the churches that tend to preach this type of message tend to be huge you know, they, the Joel Osteen churches, you know, thousands and thousands of people go every Sunday to these, to these churches where this sort of message is preached because it's easy on the ear. It doesn't demand a change of life. It doesn't demand anything of you except just believe Jesus died for you. And, it, and then you'll get whatever you want. Just give money into the offering. You'll get whatever you want. But that's not the message Jesus preached. Jesus didn't come preaching that message. And that's why they pull one scripture. Their sermons aren't usually like my sermons. I'll have like a big slab of scripture and we'll go through it verse by verse. Their sermons are one-liners. They get one little line and they'll stick it up there and then they'll just talk about it in every which way but loose and they'll deceive the people through it. Then people are thinking they're getting led by a spirit-filled, God, godly man, and but they're not. We're set free from sin. So let's take a look at this passage. I'm going to go through it fairly quick today. Romans 8, 1-2, and it says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then the NIV leaves out this very important passage, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Now, without that passage, the first passage can be very deceptive. If you just say there, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, people go, and I've heard people say it, when, when I've, I remember once I was pr- repenting uh, about something in front of a pastor and he stopped me in my tracks. What are you doing? I said, I'm repenting. He says, but there's no condemnation in, for those in Christ Jesus. You don't need to. And I'm like, are you for real? 
Then I read in my footnotes, it says this, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. So there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus who live according to the Spirit. There's no condemnation. But if you live according to the sinful nature, there is condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Can you see that? It's an inference. It has an obvious inference. And without that passage, you can't see it. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of of, of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. We've been set free from sin. We're free from it. We're not free to do it. We're free from it. That's very important. If you live according to the Spirit, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But if you live according to the sinful nature, there is condemnation in Christ Jesus. And Paul's going to go and elaborate and tell us why. Romans 8.3 says, For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. So you cannot overcome sin by obeying the law. Did you know that? You can't overcome sin by obeying the law. You can only overcome by sin by living by the Spirit. So it's not obeying the law and, you know, doing a works-based thing. It's by living in the Spirit. And if you live in the Spirit, you just will obey the law. There won't be any two ways about it. You'll just walk righteously. Because you, if you're in the Spirit, if you're truly in the Spirit, you won't sin. Because you're filled with God. And God does not sin. Amen. God does not sin, God cannot sin, God will not sin. And if you're in the Spirit, you will not sin because you're in God. God's in you. You won't sin. So you don't have to worry about trying to obey the law. You just will obey the law because you're filled with the Spirit of God. And that, that is the difference. So it says we're not under the law. No, we're in the Spirit. So evidence that you're not in the Spirit is that you will sin and you will break the law and you will do wrong. So if we break the law, if any of us sin, guess what? That's proof to us that we've stepped out from being in the Spirit. Or the, we've, we've grieved the Spirit, the Spirit's departed from us, and we've now stepped into sin. That's evidence that we've got to repent and come back to God and get back in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and obey the law, but not by obeying the law, but by walking in the Spirit. Does that make sense? So that all seems fairly obvious. It took Jesus Christ to come as a sin offering for the sins of all men. It took Jesus Christ to come as a sin offering and for men to walk in the victory which he gained. So he made the victory. He he gained the victory and we now walk in that victory. So if you're a Christian and you still go out and get drunk, if you still go out and get stoned, if you still sleep around, if you're still you know, uh, doing all the things that you used to do, then you're not walking in the Spirit. You could be under condemnation because we're meant to walk in the Spirit, because we're meant to walk in the victory that Jesus gained for us. So Romans 8, 3 to 4 says, And so he condemned sin in sinful man. Did you hear that? He condemned sin in sinful man, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. He condemned the sin in sinful man. He gave us the Spirit so that the righteous requirements of the law will be fully met in us. We'll be able to walk in it. It'll be fully in us. And we won't have to try to do it. We just will do it by being obedient to the Holy Spirit. And then those of us who do not live according to the sinful nature, and here it is, but according to the Spirit. If we live according to the Spirit, we will obey 
the whole of the law. We must remember this, that Jesus has condemned sin. Jesus has condemned sin in sinful man. If we continue to partake in sin, we are partaking in something he condemned. And I believe that's dangerous. You know, if we partake in sin as a Christian, if we do things that we know are sin, you know, it's so easy. You know, you get any Bible class and you sit down with them and say, okay, let's list off what sin is. Let's list off some sins. And you know, just about everyone in that class could would be able to list two, three each. And you could have this long list of sins. So it's pretty obvious. We know what sin is. We can't say, oh, I didn't realise getting drunk every weekend was a sin. You know, we can't say I didn't realise that, you know, uh, shopping around, you know, for a partner and trying out the goods before you buy wasn't a sin. Do you know what I'm saying? Christians can try to act really dumb in, in relation to some of these things. Oh, taking cocaine is a, is a sin, is it? I thought it was just part of, you know, living a fun life, having a good time. But this is what Christians do. I've talked to people who have been in places like, especially online, people have sent me emails and talked about, in America, they've lived on the Bible Belt. This one guy I remember in particular, he remembers, he, he was saying, I, I lived on the Bible Belt and among a, a predominantly Christian community, and he said, I was shocked at the way they lived. Shocked at the way they conducted themselves, the drinking, the fornication that was going on. Everything. He, he was expecting a, a different lifestyle. He didn't expect to be living it like he lived it in New York sort of thing. He was expecting a change, but he didn't see it. And it shocked him and it rattled his faith, you know. But does the Bible condone that? No. No. The Bible doesn't condone that lifestyle. The Bible stands in opposition to it. So for a Christian to partake in it, we've got to question it, you know. Now he condemns sin so that the righteous requirements righteous so that righteousness will be fully met in us. The righteous requirements of the law will be fully met in us by living according to the Spirit. Romans 8 5 says, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live according to the Spirit or with the Spirit have their minds set on what that what the Spirit desires. If you desire Holiness, if you desire to do right, you are living according to the Spirit. If you desire to do the things you know you shouldn't do, you're you're living according to your sinful nature. And it's dangerous to live according to your sinful nature because Jesus died to condemn sin. He condemns sin in sinful man. We must keep in mind that Paul was preaching to believers here. You know, I've heard, I've heard ministers say, no, well, what Paul was doing was he was preaching to the, the church in Rome and that church was partly unbelievers, partly believers. There probably was unbelievers, but he was preaching to believers. He was preaching to the saved, this message. And later we're going to see, he, talk, he says, brothers, if you live like this, you, you will die. Brothers, he said. You, if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. If we live according to the sinful nature, we will die. Because that means it says here, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. If we live by that, we will desire sin. And we'll desire the very thing Jesus died to overcome. And, and 
so that he could send his, us his Holy Spirit. Now, if we think that we're filled with the Spirit, yet we keep doing it, we're deceiving ourselves. Because the Spirit does not go with you when you get drunk. The Spirit does not go with you when you go and sleep around. I'm not saying this to anyone here because I know none of you guys do that. But it, the Spirit does not do, go with you to do those things. Amen? Mm-hmm. Carnal Christians. Have you who's heard of carnal Christians? That was a, a modern term. Yeah, it's an oxymoron. Carnal Christians are condemned in Scripture. It says, if we live according to the sinful nature, we will die. Romans 8.13. If we live according to the sinful nature, we will die. You've got to make that choice as a Christian. You either live by the Spirit or you live by the sin nature. You can't do both. And if you slip and you live by the Spirit most of the time and you slip and, and then you, you've got to repent and come back. You've got to keep repenting and staying in the will of God. You know what I mean? We've got to stay on track. Because if we live according to the sinful nature, just say a little bit of sin gets in and we don't repent, and a little bit more gets in and we don't repent, and a little bit more gets in and we don't repent, and before we know it, we're living completely by our sinful nature and we're no longer living in the Spirit, we will die, the Word of God tells us. That's dangerous. Romans 8, 6. The mind of sinful man, or the mind set on the flesh, is death. Guys, I don't know. I didn't know this unless I read that. Without reading this, I can't make this stuff up. You know, I would think, oh yeah, well he says he believes and he sins a bit, and you know that's okay. But the Bible tells us different. The Bible tells us the mind of sinful man or the mindset on the flesh is death. Uh, but the mind controlled by the spirit, the mind get that controlled. So when we live by the Spirit, we're controlled by the Spirit. We desire what the Spirit desires because the Spirit is guiding us all the time. And that is life, eternal life. That is peace. But if you're controlled by sin, if you desire sin, that's death. You desire death. Sin, death. Spirit, life. We have to decide. Actually, Spirit, life, sin, death. should be the opposite way around. Most people don't want to live holy lives. As Christians, you know, the reason why most people don't become Christian is because they don't want to live like this. They don't want to live holy lives. But then you get people, oh, you can be a Christian and still sin. Oh, great. (laughs) Best of both worlds. I can sin to my heart's desire and I can go to heaven as well. But does that make sense? You talk to an atheist and they'll tell you that sounds like a load of rubbish. Yet they preach it in church. I don't get it. Most people don't want to live holy lives as Christians because they don't want to give up sin. They think that sin brings them so much pleasure. So much fun, sin. And what? You've got to give that up to be a Christian. But a life of sin leads to depression, despair, bitterness and ultimately death. Depression. You know, anyone who is a chronic sinner that I've ever met, usually are full of depressions and bitterness and, and, you know, there's a whole range of stuff that we can go on in relation to that. But it ultimately brings you death and, according to Scripture, eternal death. But if our minds are controlled by the Spirit, we will have peace and ultimately eternal life. If, if, and we've got to keep emphasising that word if, that's why Paul used it a lot. He said, if you do. Because there's a possible a possibility that the Christians he was speaking to won't. If he hadn't said if, 
that means that a Christian would just do it. But he used the word if because he had to warn them that if you don't, it's death. If you do, it's life. You choose. And we've got to choose. The Bible tells us be filled with the Holy Spirit. It says be filled. It means get filled. We have to have the Holy Spirit to believe in Jesus. But to be filled with the Spirit, it is a decision we make in the day. We get up and we say, okay, I'm going to be filled with the Spirit today. I'm going to walk by the Spirit today. I'm not going to walk by my sinful nature. And we've got to do that daily. That's why Paul said, I die daily. He dies to his sin nature because that's the, the nature that he's born in. He's, we are all born into, with the sin nature. It's, we're born into it. So we've got to die to that nature. We've got to deny the flesh, take up our cross, follow Jesus, be filled with the Spirit, and walk by the Spirit. And we've got to be clothed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 7, 8 it says, The sinful mind... Or the mind set on the flesh is hostile to God. The sinful mind is hostile to God. And there's another reason. If you're going to live by the flesh, you can become hostile to God. You're not going to hear a message like what I'm given now and accept it. I tell you now, when this message gets online, there's going to be some enraged Christians who are going to attack me. Hostile. And they're not attacking me. They're attacking the Word of God. They're not attacking me. They're attacking God. They're hostile with God. And they're taking it out on His servant. You know, because no, they don't want to be told that you can't sin. You could lose your salvation. What? We can't lose our salvation. No one can ever snatch me out of the hand of Jesus. Yeah, but you can jump out. No one else can snatch you out. If you stay in the hand of Jesus, yeah, Satan can't snatch you out. But if you jump out willingly and you get out of the hand of Jesus, yeah, you can get out. Because he said no one can snatch you out, but you yourself can get out. And that's what happens to Christians. They get out. Of the hand of Jesus. It's their decision. And it's like the positive confession. If you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, you will be saved. But if you don't believe he did, you will be unsaved. And so I've, I know Christians that have believed that Jesus died on the cross for their, for their sins. They believe in their heart, confessed with their mouth. And then later in life, they unbelieved with their heart and they unconfessed with their mouth. So according to their confession, let it be unto them. Amen. Who's with me on this? So Christians who set their minds on sinning and living a life which gratifies the desires of the sinful nature cannot please God. Romans 13, 14 says, Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself. Who puts clothes on in the morning? Sometimes. (laughs) We all get up, don't we? And we have a shower and we get dressed, don't we? We go out. Now, as you're getting dressed, I want you to do this from now on. You're putting on your shirt and your your pants and whatever. So I'm clothing myself with Jesus Christ. I'm clothed with Jesus Christ. You wake up, and that should be the signal. While you're putting on your clothing, say to yourself, this is Jesus Christ. I'm putting him on. I'm putting him on. As I'm getting clothed with physical clothes, I'm getting clothed spiritually in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's a good way. Because it says, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think... Now, guys, I want you to catch this. Do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Don't even think about it. You shouldn't be thinking about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. You shouldn't be thinking, oh, Friday night, I'm going to go out with the boys. Oh, mate, we are going to go nuts. Pub crawl, we should do at least four or five pubs. And we're going to be so plastered, I'm going to be so sick the next day. 
you know, I might even not be able to get up by Sunday to go, <laughs> go to church. I'll be that sick. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Don't even entertain it with your minds. Galatians 5.16, so I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So what we should think about is think of ways of gratifying the desires of the Spirit, not the sinful nature. Say, how can I gratify God today? How can I make God happy today? How can I please Him today? What can I do? What things can I do? What things can I say? What things can I, can I pray that can, is going to please God today? So Romans 8 9 says this, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature. So he's giving him a positive affirmation right now. You, however, and I'm saying this to you guys, you're not controlled by the sinful nature. And thank God that none of you are controlled by your sinful nature, but by the Spirit. You're controlled by the Spirit if the Spirit of God lives in you. So again, he sticks that if in there. He loves the word if. If the Spirit of God lives in you, you are not controlled by the sinful nature. If the Spirit of God does not live in you, you are not controlled by the sinful nature. So if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So if you don't have the Spirit, if you're not controlled by the Spirit, then you don't belong to Christ. You do not belong to Christ if you're not controlled by the Spirit. So that's serious stuff. If you're not living by the Spirit, you don't belong to Jesus. This is heavy. Romans 8 is the most heavy chapter in the Bible. One of the most powerful I believe. The big if. You are not controlled by the sinful nature if the Spirit of God lives in you. If the Spirit of God lives in you, you are not controlled by the sinful nature. So if you are not controlled by the sin nature, that is because the Spirit lives in you and therefore you belong to Christ. However, if you are controlled by the sin nature, then the Spirit does not live in you, therefore you do not belong to Christ. Now what happens to those that don't belong to Christ? Say it in a word. Hell. The Bible tells us they go to hell. Now, a lot of Christians don't like preaching about hell. A lot of Christians will tell you hell does not exist. Those preachers don't read the Bible. Hell is the most real place. The most real place. And you won't realize how real it is until you're there cooking in it. It's all in the Bible. As we know, Jesus preached more in hell than he did on heaven. Hell exists, and we don't want to go there. How do we not go there? We live by the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit. We don't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. We take our faith seriously, more seriously than a professional athlete takes training for the Olympics, more seriously than a millionaire takes money in their business. We take our faith so seriously, we run like professional athletes. We run the race like professional athletes. We get serious. We get hardcore with the faith because our life depends on it. And not just our eternal life, the eternal life of everyone we know depends on how well we run the race. Paul knew that his, the way he ran the race would determine the effectiveness of the church from that day forward. He knew the implications that, that his life had on masses of people. Imagine if Paul, you know, was in, in prison and he's feeling really tired and he's beaten up, he's just been tortured and whatever, and he's there and someone comes in, oh, you, you really should write a letter to, you know, to the Ephesians. And, oh, forget that, man. Oh, I'm, I need some sleep. 
we'd have one less book in the Bible. We wouldn't have Ephesians. And imagine if he was writing it and he lost heart. He couldn't care too much, so he didn't put the passion behind it. We wouldn't have all those beautiful phrases in the book of Ephesians. Imagine if David lost his passion to write songs to God. We wouldn't have the Psalms. You know what I mean? What could we lose if you don't walk in the faith the right way? Who could we lose? How many souls could go to hell because you didn't activate your faith properly? That you didn't take it seriously enough? That when you should have prayed, you went to sleep? Or when you should have prayed, you rang your friend? Or when you should have written something in an email to encourage someone, you didn't? You played a computer game? Or watched a movie? You know what I mean? And you know what? I'm saying this to me. I'm not, don't ever think I'm just pointing the finger at you guys or, or just I'm pointing the finger at the church universal. I'm pointing the finger at every last one of us because I'm part of the body. I'm not separate from the body looking at the body of Christ saying, hey, I'm part of the body and I'm pointing the finger at me as much as anyone else. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll make myself work harder than any of you guys if I have to, to, to just do what Paul did, show the way if I have to, which I hope I do. You know, I'm always giving it everything I can but I can give it so much more, so much more. So how to tell who is a Christian? Romans 8.10 says, But if Christ is in you, your spirit is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. If Christ is in you, your body is dead. Your, physic, your, your sinful nature is dead. So we know who the true Christians are. They are the ones who do not live according to the sin nature. If you're not living according to the sin nature and you declare Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you can say, how are you, brother? But if uh, someone comes up and is preaching Jesus, yet he's like, you know, paralytic and he's like into everything but what he should be into, you have to warn them. You have to warn those people. You've got to tell them, brother, you, you're playing with fire. Didn't your mum and dad teach you not to play with matches? Well, this is going to hurt more than the match. Get your life in line with Christ. Live by the Spirit. Not a, don't gratify these sinful desires any longer. The Word of God tells us clearly, do not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Stop it. If the body of Christ, I'll tell you now, if the 20th century body of Christ and the 21st century body of Christ, if they lived according to the Spirit, this world would be a different, different, different place. But the result of us living for the flesh is a corrupted church and a world that is dreadfully sinful. You can't get more sinful than this world now. And guess what? It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse and worse and worse before the second coming. It's going to get so bad that people will be killing each other in the street and no one even bat an eyelid. Not going to really care. No one's going to feel anything. The love of most will grow cold, it says. At least we are not at that point, are we? Is there still people that love you? There's still people that love? There's still people that care? There are. But it says just before the coming of Christ, the love of most is going to grow cold and it's going to get so bitterly cold. And we're going to wonder what has happened to planet Earth. But you know what? We've got to get hot. We've got to get hot for God. We can't be lukewarm anymore. The Bible tells us that the lukewarm are going to be spat out of the mouth of God. He's not going to tolerate lukewarmness. He's not going to tolerate... You know what lukewarm is? It's partially cold and partially hot. 
That's lukewarm. That means one foot in sin, one foot in the Spirit. Trying to live in the Spirit during the day and then at night live in sin and then get back in the Spirit in the morning, then get back in sin at night and you're lukewarm. That's dangerous. Jesus says, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. I won't tolerate that in these days. And you know, this is how we can tell if we belong to Christ. You know, if we live in the Spirit, we can tell and we've got to judge ourselves. The Bible tells us we've got to be able to judge ourselves. You know, you've got to judge yourself. Do you live in the Spirit or do you live according to the sinful nature? Romans 8.11, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. So if the Spirit lives in you, this same Spirit of the Father who raised Jesus from the dead lives in all those who walk according to the Spirit. And this same Spirit will also give life to us and we will not see death. Isn't that a blessed hope? That is the blessed hope. He's going to give us eternal life. But we have an obligation. And our one obligation every day is to walk in the Spirit, to be clothed with Jesus Christ every day. Romans 8.12 says, Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature. See, he just said it. We have an obligation. It's not to the sinful nature and to live according to it. So Paul again is referencing his brothers in Christ and explains that they have an obligation to live according to the Spirit and not according to the sinful nature. He then adds this, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. He's clear as crystal. He's saying it to Christians, if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. And this is one powerful verse directed at brothers in the Lord, that that if they live according to the sinful nature, they will indeed die. Indeed die. Some theologians will weaken this verse. Oh, and they'll say something uh, like uh, that Paul was talking merely about leaving this earth early and going to heaven. You know, they'll die from here, but they won't die eternally. That's not what he's meaning. That's what they're trying to say. And they weaken the verse. They take out all its punch. And, it, and you think about it. If, if all he meant was that you'll just die early, then what they'll do is, well, if they get to 80 years old and they've lived the life of sin but they're 80... No, it means I'm, I'm still safe because I didn't die early, like Paul was saying. And so they'll, they'll think that the fact that they've had a long life testifies that they must be in the Spirit. But that's not what he's referencing. He's not talking about that. He's not talking about that sort of death. He's talking about eternal death. He's talking about if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. Full stop. And not live. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So if if you put to death the misdeeds of the body, the things that you do, if you put them to death, you will live because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And that's really important. We are clearly told to put to death the misdeeds of the body by the power of the Spirit, and then we will live eternally in Christ and will be considered sons of God. And I believe there are a lot of very there will, is going to be a lot of very very shocked people awakening in hell after death, who never in their wildest dreams thought that they would go there. I believe there's going to be so many Christians or who will profess Christians here who are going to awaken in hell, and then are going to go what? Hang on. My pastor told me every weekend that I'm going to heaven. What am I doing here? 
I don't know. I can't make that judgment. But if God's put him there, he's made a valid judgment. He's righteous. He's good. He's holy. He's true. He will not, no one will be in hell thinking that it's unjust. Everyone in hell will know that it is just and they deserve it. And if a Christian awakens in hell, it's because they deserve it, because they didn't live according to the Spirit. And you think about it. If, if you live according to the Spirit here, if you love God so much that God goes with you everywhere you go, right, if you, and he's, he's in you, you're walking, he's, you're walking in him, then that's exactly who he wants in heaven. That's who he wants in heaven. He wants those that walk with him. But if they've never walked in him, they just have this profession of faith, and then they expect to go to heaven as well, but they've never been able to maintain a spiritual connection at all on earth. Or they've partially done it and then take, tried to take the Holy Spirit in the places they shouldn't have known. It, that God will be just and uh, right in sending them to hell. And this, the, this is the thing. A man has put doctrine, certain doctrines that they've accepted as, as true, in front of Scripture. The Scripture does not tell us that you can do whatever you want and still go to heaven. Scripture does not say it anywhere, yet they teach that in churches. And this is terrible. It's a terrible decay of the church. The church has been badly, badly affected by it. And it's made us a laughing stock as well. But I'm going to show, uh, just in relation to that Scripture where it says, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. Let's hear what a couple of uh, famous commentators of the Bible has to say. Barnes said this, If you live to indulge your carnal propensities, you will sink into eternal death. Gill's, Gill's commentary, he said, For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. That's the scripture. And he says, Such persons are dead whilst they live, and shall die a second or an eternal death if grace preventeth not. And Matthew Henry wisely states, If any habitually live according to the corrupt lustings, they will certainly perish in their sins, whatever they profess. They can profess they believe in Jesus all day long, but if their life doesn't follow in line with their profession of faith, they can be lost eternally. So it's, I'm not alone in this. That's three of the biggest commentary names in, out there. Three, and I, I, I did that in like, it took me five minutes to find those three quotes. You know, so if I really looked hard, I could find hundreds. Now, in conclusion, we need to constantly check ourselves, don't we? Do, do you like me getting on to these verses every now and then? Yes. Just coming back to it because it has, we, need, we need to be straightened up, you know. Um, life goes along and we all get a little twisted here and there. We've got to get straightened up every now and then. You know, it's like going to your chiropractor and getting, a, <laughs> getting an alignment. <laughs> you know, we need an alignment every now and then. Ask yourself this question, am I living by my sinful nature or by the Spirit of Christ? And remember, we all have a sinful nature. We were born with it. But we've got to ask, are we living by it or are we living by the Spirit of Christ? Because we, we've got to deny the flesh. We've got to deny it and walk in the Spirit. And then if we walk in the Spirit, we obey the whole of the law, don't we? It's what the Word of God tells us. 
So this question is the most important question you could ever ask because the answer will determine your eternal life in Christ. If you answer it honestly from your heart and if that answer either says, yes, I do, or it makes you go, well, I'm going to from now, from now on, I'm going to live by the Spirit, then it's the most important question you will ever ask in your whole life. And it'll keep you saved. It'll keep you saved. It'll keep you walking strong for God. It'll make you effective as a Christian. It'll cause you to tell others about Jesus with love and compassion. You know what I mean? It'll cause you to read the Word of God so you can know it better. So that when you're speaking to others, you've got scriptures on the tip of your tongue. It'll keep you praying for your loved ones who you can't reach with just your normal measures. And you'll get you praying, God. Put someone across their path who's going to speak truth to them. Awaken them. Let them see something or something happen in their life that's going to alert them to this truth and quicken them to receive you as Lord and Saviour. So evidence that you are saved is that you walk by the Spirit and not by the sinful nature, and that's really what it comes down to. Amen? All right, so let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I... Thank you for this sermon. I did pray and I've been praying that you would help me to deliver this in the right way so that it can really hit home. And I really thank you that you've opened these scriptures up to me as you have and up to many others. And I thank you that guys like Joe Schimmel and Paul Washer and and Charles Lawson and many others are seeing it the same, Lord. Even our commentators, our famous commentators, have seen it the same way. Yet there's been a, a dreadful watering down of this. In, in recent times. And Lord, we, we need to wake the body of Christ up, Lord, and it's you that's got to do it. You've got to build your church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it if you build it. So Lord, we leave that in your hands. Awaken your people. Awaken them. Get them out of sin, Lord. Get them out of that sinful life. Let them desire with all their heart to walk in the Spirit. Let them desire with all their heart to please you, not to please themselves. And, Lord, once we start to please you, it's the most exhilarating life we could ever live because, Lord, you created us and you know how we function best as as humans. And so to live this way is the most exhilarating life of all. It's so much better than sinful life. So, Lord, I just pray that you'll do just this wonderful thing in your people and in us, Lord, and turn us to live a more passionate life for you. And we pray this in your wonderful and holy name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon. If you search Rob Cartledge in the iTunes store or go to www.robcartledge.com, you'll see a number of different sermon series uncovering religion, truth, judgment, and eternity, apologetics 101, critical doctrine, and end times. Feel free to check them out.